Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Thank you for being here. A lot going on. There'll be a lot of stuff, I think, breaking actually during the show. Mm -hmm. So keeping an eye on a few things. Hang on. Yeah, it could. Let's start here. Uh, A possible new CDC director. Yeah. uh, President Biden is reportedly going to be picking a former North Carolina Health Department leader to head up the CDC once the nervous wreck, Rochelle Walensky, steps down. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mandy Cohen is her name, and now this audio is making the rounds. It's from about a year ago during a Duke University event where she talked about how she talked with other health officials in other states to make decisions during the pandemic. Okay. I would call, probably the person I called most was the Secretary of Health and Human Services in Massachusetts. She worked for a Republican governor just to, um, but, you know, when she was like, are you, are you going to let them have professional um, uh, football? And I was like, nope. And she's like, okay, neither are we, neither are we. Uh, So, so, uh, you know, it was like conversations like that. So, or, or I'd be like, so when are you going to think about lightening up a mess? They're like, she's like, next Monday. I'm like, okay, next Monday. (laughs) Why think for yourself? Wow, man. Why make decisions for yourself? So basically, we're to learn again that the administration wants other yes people mm-hmm. in these positions that they can control and yeah. tell how to do their job, not bring any sort of fresh ideas yeah. or maybe correct the narrative <laughs> of what was the CDC before where all these Americans have lost trust in the CDC. You see it in the polling where you would think, OK, we got to correct this. No, we're going to double down and get somebody worse. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and then she also went on to say, well, there needs to be more of a formal structure when it comes to public health. And I'm like, listen, lady, my crazy aunt on Facebook was right about more things than public health professionals at the CDC during the pandemic, okay? I don't want you people with any more power whatsoever. As a matter of fact, I think we took the label off crazy aunt to just aunt after that happened, right? (laughs) Yeah. Everybody thought she was crazy. She not. She was right. Did the, Chica- a lot of stuff with COVID. Did the Chicago Democratic Party give him a list of names to replace her? <laughs> mm, not sure. Let's see. Somebody worse than the current one we have. How can we do that? <laughs> ah, I know. Let's talk to our friends in Chicago. They know how it's done. By the way, uh, and we'll get to this story a little bit later, just talking about the CDC and Rochelle Walensky. Uh, there were some texts back and forth between Walensky and the teachers' union president. Oh, no. Yes. Talk about controlling the narrative. Mm-hmm. Randy Weingarten, mm-hmm. who's a bad person. Bad person. Yeah, text back and forth, influencing policy. Well, that's not happening. It absolutely happened. There are texts now. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um, this is a story that's getting a lot of attention. It should. It's insane. Yeah. David, this woman uh, was being filmed in a bathroom. Yeah. And now she's facing hate crime charges. This is an insane story, even by New York City standards. A couple months ago, a transgender bus driver named Nana Mangual was in the women's locker room at work. He was blasting music, apparently, and a longtime employee turned around and said, hey, turn it down. All right. This isn't a disco. All right. Right. Just turn it down. Yeah. 
Then the dude whipped out his phone and started filming her as she was finishing getting dressed. So she's standing there in front of a, if you can picture it, it's a small locker room. There's the sink. There's the mirror. She's straightening up her work uniform. Mm -hmm. Again, in a locker room. The guy brings out his phone and starts filming her. She turns around. She realizes, oh, my gosh, this dude's filming me in the bathroom. And then knocked the, the phone out of, this, uh, out of this dude's hand. And a local news station, PIX11, did a lengthy, sympathetic profile of the dude who was yeah. filming a woman in the women's locker room. Well, it's trans hate, David. It's crazy. It is crazy Wait. the way they framed this on PIX11. Here you go. Nana Mangual has faced hate before, oh. but never thought it would happen at her workplace. I was in disbelief and shock. She told me I needed to be in the men's bathroom. And when she realized I was recording, she turned around and physically, now physically, attacked me. If you had one thing to say to the woman who did this... So hold on, time out, for clarity's sake. Attack. Okay, you saw the video. What does attack mean? She hit the phone out of the dude's hand. Yes. Which is a lot nicer than a lot of people I know. Absolutely. But to say, attacked me. Attack Again, usually means you're waylaying on something. Yeah, but those are those words that they've changed the meaning of over and over and over again. That's why I want to clarify. Safety, attack, all this stuff, right? None of it means anything anymore. Didn't see the story. She slapped the phone out of her hand. The dude is filming her. Yes, that's right. Yes. If you had one thing to say to the woman who did this, what would you say to her? I would say that she caused trauma in my life because I didn't deserve this. Trauma, you say? In his life. Getting a phone smacked out of your hand? You Mm -hmm. were filming a woman in the women's locker room. Dude, you need an ass kicking. I'm sorry. I mean, first of all, okay, to say my first sort of opinion is, okay, you need some counseling if you think that's some sort of attack. But that's a given because this person's mentally ill. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I guess in some sort of way, you could make the argument maybe needs some sort of sympathy because, well, the person's mentally ill. Because that is a dude that thinks he is a woman. And I know that society just wants to accept that now, but until like four minutes ago, that was a mental illness. It still is. That has not changed. (laughs) And now you keep telling people, no, you belong in this restroom and you belong in here. And now if you don't get your way, you get to talk about trauma and film somebody. No, get out of here. Absolutely. It's crazy. First time I played this video this morning, I could have sworn it was James Earl Jones. <laughs> what do you mean? The voice. The voice? Because <laughs> it's down there a little bit. <laughs> I was afraid for my life. <laughs> I was afraid for my life. <laughs> Suffered trauma. Okay, so you have another clip, David. Yeah, listen to how this report... Again, keep in mind, this is a story about a dude filming a woman in the women's locker room and being mad because the woman knocked his phone out of his hand. And by the way, before we get to the rest of the report, isn't that illegal almost everywhere to film anything in a restroom? Yes, yes. (laughs) Holy smokes, man. All right, here's the rest of the report. It wasn't just her love of meeting new people that drove Mangal to her job. I like to drive, and I'm a people's person. It's been a tough road. It was nerve-wracking, because I don't really see any transgender bus operators, and I was being discriminated on. 
How so? On. How so? Or against. What does that mean? Oh, come on. People's person. Or challenged with the English. Okay, go ahead. How yeah. so? How so? Misgendered. Being called he. When I... My pronouns are she, her. Since the incident, oh, Mangual has not goodness. been able to return to You have a paper, work. okay? She she that's a dude. Yeah, this is everything that's wrong. Encapsulized. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here you go. Since everything. the incident, Mangual has not been able to return to work. She says she suffers from PTSD oh. <laughs> and has not received any help from the MTA as far as her medical leave claims. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah she's fighting right now to get workers comp. Sorry, he's fighting right now to get workers comp because his phone got slapped out of his hand while he was filming a woman in a women's locker room. And that woman is now facing charges related to a hate crime. This is the upside down world. Totally. And there there's part of me and this could be wrong. I'm just telling you about a gut feeling I have. We have so many things upside down politically in the country and around the world, right? But holy smokes, it feels like we need to start here because this is insanity with the whole trans activist group mm-hmm. and and where it's gone in just the last couple of years. It's absolutely crazy. It, it's got to stop. <laughs> it's a war on reality. I mean, that used to be like a tongue-in-cheek sort of joke. It is a war on reality. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you saw this, the whole controversy with What is a Woman? It's the documentary from Matt Walsh, Daily Wire. And they were going to have this big, you know, preview on Twitter. And you can articulate this better than me because they were going to have its own separate page. And then Twitter decided, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to allow people to share it. But I guess you, Daily Wire, could show it on your page, but we won't allow anyone else to share it. Mm -hmm. And then Elon Musk says, hey, there were some mistakes made from people at Twitter. And then somebody quit. Somebody else got fired at Twitter. And then it was able to be shared. And the next thing you know, it's shared all over the place because Elon Musk actually put it on his Twitter feed and millions and millions of views of this thing. So it just backfired like crazy from those on the left that wanted to stop it. And so, wow, 160 million views. Wow. Is where it's at, which is the most streamed documentary them, the way I understand it from the story in history. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that because at this point, not only with the actual documentary itself when it first was released a year ago, but yeah, it got a ton of views. Mm-hmm. But at this point, I, I can't think of another documentary that has gotten this kind of publicity in spite of a massive cen- uh, censorship campaign. Yes, now, I subscribed to Daily Wire, so I'd seen this a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, remember talking about it on the air and playing a few clips and stuff like that. But they wanted to make it free for well, a day, and then they made it free for the weekend. And <laughs> the thing is, now we have the most viewed documentary of all time, and it's only been reviewed by six people. Yeah. And it got absolutely zero coverage in mainstream media news, which is wild. Um that one clip of Walsh and the women's studies professor on what is a woman? Oh, that's an all-timer. You know, I, I just want to hear a few seconds of that clip. It was... What is a woman? Why do you ask that question? <laughs> I just really like to know. What do you think the answer to that question is? For time's sake, I'll take out all the pauses because there's a massive amount of pauses oh, yeah. in between. Well, I'm, I'm asking. That's why I came to a college professor who, who's 
this is your this is what you do what other kinds of answers have you gotten a lot of like this where you're where you're not answering and i've gotten a lot of that so i think it's interesting that you that you say that some of the people you've you've um interviewed have been um reluctant to answer it and i think that has a lot to do with the way the questions that preceded it and the the way that you've conducted yourself in the interview how have i conducted myself how do you think you've conducted yourself <laughs> you just really don't want to answer the questions do you I, I came today very willing and, and enthusiastic about answering questions about women's and gender sexuality studies, which is so the you wanted that to, I do. You wanted to answer questions about women's studies, and so shouldn't the, the first yeah. answer you should be able to provide is what exactly is a woman? Well, it's, it, for me, it's, it's actually a really simple answer, and that's a person who identifies as a woman. But what are they identifying as? As a woman. So what is that? As a woman... <laughs> Do you know what a circular definition is? <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes from there, man. I do. Sort of like what you're doing right now, where a woman is, is a woman. Because mm -hmm. well, you're seeking what we would call in my field of work an essentialist definition of gender. <laughs> See? I think it sounds like you would like me to give you a set of biological or cultural characteristics that are associated with one gender or the other. And that's the whole game. <laughs> And people play along. They don't need to. And I think we're seeing the tide turning. I really do. Where people are pushing back saying this is absolute nonsense. It's a mental illness. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is. So, yeah, I'm sure there'll be much more on this, you know, throughout the day and the week. Okay. Um, David has a story about the mass shooting that the media doesn't care about. And also, um, teachers are had been assaulted the last few months all over the place, more than we had heard. We'll get to that as well. Coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So the mass shooting the media doesn't care about, David. What's his story? Ali, I saw this video. It was in Chicago last Wednesday, but we're getting more details about it now. Newly acquired video. This is from CWB Chicago. Uh, a newly acquired video shows four people, at least two armed with automatic guns, unleashing a torrent of gunfire in Chicago on Wednesday evening. The shots left a 14-year-old dead and at least three others injured. That qualifies, right, as a mass shooting. Four people yep. shot. Yes. In the video... It's, it is insane. You see these kids walking across, um, I think a couple of teenagers and then somebody in their 20s, walking across this vacant lot, and then they take aim. They post up near a street corner. They take aim, and boom, full auto, mm -hmm. just unleashing down the street. Again, killing a 14-year-old boy. And then later, as the cops were processing the crime scene, a 16-year-old boy fired a gun at the cops as they investigated the shooting. He was uh, charged yesterday with six counts of attempted murder of peace officers. And yet, for some reason, this isn't splashed across all the head headlines. I mean, if this happened in a school, in a mall, something yeah. like that, this would be the big story. But, it's, but, you know, it's inner city Chicago, so the media, because they're all racist, say, uh, who cares? Doesn't fit the narrative. No, it doesn't. But I think that is a fair question to ask. So why do you not cover this? Is it that you don't care about the people of color in these neighborhoods? Is that what it is? Of course that's what it is. Yes. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's They don't care. They and, don't care. But you say you need these weapons of war off the street. Right. That's what you call them. 
So isn't this an example of that? You don't want these people to die. I mean, when you talk about that's the 259th mass shooting this year, whatever stat it is that they'll put out there on Good Morning America or the Today Show. And this is one of those. So why do only some of them get covered? Hmm. Because then I think reasonable people would start asking the question, wait a minute, you've got some of the toughest gun laws in America, not only in the state of Illinois, but specifically in the city of Chicago. And yet somehow that hasn't done anything to dissuade people from killing each other with guns. Yeah, they need to close the loophole of selling weapons out of trunks of cars. Yeah. Apparently there's a problem there. <laughs> yeah, they always talk about the gun show loophole. Exactly. I don't yeah, think right. these young men were going to a gun no, show they to weren't. pick up no. firearms. And they weren't going down to the exporting goods. They weren't, yeah, no. I was having a conversation with a buddy of mine yesterday, and we were talking about, and not just this issue, but so many different issues plaguing America. And the conversation was, do you think that most people know by now what's really going on? And my side of the argument is, I don't think so. And, I mean, these are generalized comments. But if you look at, like, 18 to 30-year-olds, okay, at least by research, most are getting news maybe on Snapchat or, you know, social media somewhere. There's never two sides to a story to just kind of, you know, get a couple of lines, a quick video, and then an opinion is formed. Or, you, you know, you have a number of people that will just never watch, whether it's a Newsmax, Fox News, anything other than CNN, NBC, whatever, how would they ever know? Mm-hmm. Especially with this gun issue. And that's exactly what it reminds me of. People never do find out. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Something I just had to check to see if it trended on Twitter, and it actually was, was NBA rigged. Because I saw the fourth quarter of the NBA final last night. Yeah. My son and son-in-law were watching it, so we were watching the game. How many phantom fouls could be called? And now the Heat win in Denver, so now, you know, you could extend that series out a little bit. Now, do we know this and have proof? No. You know, you go back to that old Lakers-Sacramento Kings game in that fourth quarter. That was an (laughs) all-timer as far as NBA rigged hashtag goes. So, anyway. Okay. Violence against teachers. This story, you got to hear this. And much more coming up. Yeah. The Monthly Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Mark with the Gen Xer. You know the millennial David Van Camp and the sexy boomer, Scott Robin. Yo, man. We've all heard you get what you put up with, right? Seems that way when I no, get that, to this yeah, story. Yeah, very true. Yeah. From the Wall Street Journal that was titled, There Were Fists Everywhere. Violence Against Teachers is on the Rise. <laughs> Subheadline Assaults ratchet up since return to in-person learning, adding to broader concerns about safety in school. Violence against garbage men is up. Violence against hardware store workers is up. Everything's up. Are you? Did you just make that up about garbage workers? No, I'm just saying. I believe that's probably true. Oh, okay. Violence is up. Where's that study? I haven't heard that. What's wrong with the garbage people? You're trying to pick up the garbage. I subscribe to Garbage Man Monthly. Okay, so you're just making crap up, saying there's violence everywhere. I'm making it up. What I'm saying is there's an increase in violence. Why wouldn't it be in schools? Yes. Okay. So what what are you saying? Hey, teachers, quit your griping. It's everywhere. No, I'm saying uh, let's let's bring back a little bit of uh, David Campaton to the back of the head. Maybe this crap will stop. (laughs) Okay. So I'm reading this story, and, of course, you get more infuriated with every paragraph, thinking the difference is this wouldn't have been put up with before. No. It would have stopped. 
because there was discipline in schools yes. and it's gone. And so as you're getting into the story and it says across the United States, violence against teachers has ratcheted up since the widespread return to in-person learning. Um, from September through May of the current school year, the number of assault-related workers' compensation claims filed at some 2,000 schools in different regions of the United States topped at 1,350, a five-year high. Okay, um, that seems like a lot. And then they talked to the public sector practice leader at Gallagher-Bassett, who's doing the research, saying we are witnessing the highest levels of frequency, severity, and complexity for these kinds of assault claims when compared to the last four complete school year calendars. So it goes on to talk about there's been some that have been high profile, like the six-year-old boy that shot the teacher yeah. in Virginia. It's crazy. Some other stories. But nationwide, the American Psychological Association, survey of nearly 15,000 teachers and staff, this is from July 2020 to June 2021, 14% of teachers reported physical violence from students. Man. Hold on a second. What? So for every 20 teachers, you got three that said, yeah, I was assaulted? Yeah. That, Doesn't that seem high? Wow, man. That seems rather high, and I wonder where all the surveys were taking place. It, it doesn't say. It just says across the United mm -hmm. States. 49% of teachers said they wanted to quit or switch schools. It says while teachers are frequently hurt intervening in fights, some are targeted. The incidents go along with more attention on violence in schools more broadly, including fighting and bullying around students. Mm -hmm. And so, again, you go through this. I mean, isn't it somewhat of an easy fix? I know these are complex issues. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to make it sound incredibly easy, but, okay, you assault a teacher, you're gone. You're, well, yeah. you're not coming back to school, first of all. And then as soon as there's disruption, you got to get out of the class. Or the other kids can't learn. We've seen this in study after study after study, especially in urban schools. The other kids in the class don't have a chance because of two or three in that classroom. Right. Mm -hmm. you got to get them out. Right. Yeah. No child left behind. No, we're going to have to leave behind some. Or they're all going to get left behind. Yeah, fools make true. their choices. Yeah, I mean, and they I need to be punished. I remember even in my high school uh, that I went to, the first high school that I went to. Um, you know, even then, back in my day, I'm only 36, but even then, yeah. it was basically you. It was a three strike thing. If you get suspended more than twice, like the third time, you're expelled. Uh, for disruptive behavior, something like that. You're out. But as we see with criminals right now, everything is so pro-criminal, you're right back out on the street. <laughs> right, well, exactly. and you get your wrist slap. Okay, you assaulted the teachers. Well, don't do that again, okay? That's not nice. Or they'll bring in a psychiatrist to straighten out why you did mm -hmm. these things. Oh, man. No, I, I agree with I mean, you. The school resource uh, officer no. comes in and lays it down. I'm not fighting with you at all. No, I agree with you 100%. Yes. President Van Camp would never stand for it. Oh, no. And that... I, I think I would probably get um, uh, impeached for this, but uh, to me, it's the baton to the back of the skull policy. You know, yes. you start mouthing off, you, you're going to get a baton to the back of the skull. I mean, this is, I think, a great example of a couple of people that align 
you know, quite a bit politically, but then have some different ideas. Mm-hmm. I've said this before, and maybe this sounds soft. I wouldn't go to baton to the back of the skull until a little bit later, mm. because depending on who's wielding that baton, that we're talking about how much damage one could do. Yeah. I'm all for the public caning first. Because from every video I've seen of a good caning, boy, you don't want to do that ever again. <laughs> all right, a lot all right. of times, you will learn your lesson from a good old public caning. This is the nature of democracy, right? I'll meet you in the mm-hmm. middle, okay? Baton to the lower spine. One good I think lap. I could work with that. I think I could work with that. I do. You know, I think we could design that baton. It would be sort of a hybrid... Think of the job, cane yeah. baton. Think of the jobs you'd create with caning. There you'd you go. A, you'd have a, a ten or eleven caners in every city. <laughs> and then you know you you <laughs> they'd keep be it highly up. skilled and trained. <laughs> then you keep it up, and you'll get the baton to the back of the skull. And if you yeah. push it even further, it's a twenty-two to the kneecap. All right. There. All right. Discipline issues solved. Okay. Yeah. What are we going to call the hybrid? A katan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want to call it a Bane. That's too <laughs> close to the Batman villain. I go with the Catan. Okay. I think we're... See, this is democracy in action right here. All right. It's that time of the show. Going around the room. It may not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? <laughs> um, so, Senator Tim Scott out of South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, the left hates him because he's a black man who doesn't go along with the Democrat Party's talking points. He's on The View today being interviewed. This was a weird instance this It morning. is a very weird thing because he's right. Well, I said to Robbins. Yeah. I say, I, I'm like, when are they going to put Tim Scott on? Because they're always talking about, you know, he doesn't know what's right for black America. And all of a sudden, Robbins, just moments later, Tim Scott's on The View. I yeah. thought, yeah, it, it was so weird. You said it, and I look up, and there he is on The View. I didn't yeah. know he was going to be on. So it, it's interesting because Anna Navarro uh, chimes in and says again, basically, you don't understand what race is like in America. Keep in mind, Tim <gasps> Scott is a black man oh, from the God. South, came from nothing, and is now a United States senator running for president. Mm-hmm. And these ladies want to tell him what it's like being black in America. It's it's remarkable. Oh, billionaires, we, a huge tax cut, and that didn't trickle down to well, the let's, working let's, people. Well, let's take a look If you want to talk about statistical realities, the statistical reality that we can't even argue with is that African Americans are, what, 14, 15% of this country? 13%. 13%. And they're 3% of the U.S. Senate. That well, is a statistical that, reality. That is, that is only one statistic that in actuality has been improving significantly in the last decade. Let's take a look at, let's take a look at the number of African Americans that have served in the Senate in the last 10 years. Mo Cowan mm-hmm. from, from Massachusetts. Massachusetts. You have Cory Booker. You have myself. You have Kamala Harris. You have Warnock. So the fact of the matter is that in less than the last decade, we've had about half of all the African-Americans who've ever served in the Senate in the last decade, which means that this nation is making measurable progress in real time. And if we focus on that and continue to make progress, we will fulfill the notion that this is a nation that can become more perfect. And what I am concerned about... Well, not with too many... Actually arguing with this guy about actual facts here. It's remarkable. And when he starts to talk... They just want to yap. I, I mean, like he doesn't know. And I would just say, you know, I don't know why New York has been dragging its feet on electing a black senator. Boy, it seems pretty racist to me. 
Oh, I, I'm just saying, I mean, in California had one African-American senator and then Joe Biden said, well, I don't like that. I'm going to make her my running mate so we can get another white person in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think they actually went with a Latino guy. But anyway, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. The state of, of Pennsylvania didn't elect a black man, but they did elect a stroke victim who once chased a black man with a 20 gauge shotgun. Boy, isn't that the truth? And the whole thing is, you know, just my gut feeling. If you polled most Americans, are you going to be able to measure how, you know, blacks in America are progressing by the amount of black politicians there are? I'm guessing not. It's how many black citizens are doing better than the generation before. And you can see, look at, say, graduation rates. They're in the toilet. Okay. And I know black conservatives will bring this up, but anybody else, oh, it's racist to bring up, you know, fatherless homes for black teens. Well, that has a huge role in one's life. We know this from, I don't know how many different studies. Can't bring it up. But these guys, it's right here. Why only 3%? That means we don't have equality. I thought that was a great point. Well, we got a lot more than we used to. That means we're making progress. Good for you, Tim Scott. Yeah. All right, Scott, what's your story? Uh, My story is about the green wieners, the climate change ideology, taking on some sort of weird religious aspect now. We know what happened uh, to a lot of these farmers, the Dutch farmers anyway. They were threatened with all this compulsory problems, and they were going to take away their fertilizer and all this garbage. Take away their land. Yeah, and their land, yeah. Well, now we have a new one. It's Ireland's turn. The government in Ireland is reportedly looking at plans to kill around 200,000 cows to meet their climate targets. Oh, I saw that. Documents mentioned, uh, they provide the details. By the way, this has not yet officially been approved, but they're moving forward on it. The government would put up 200 million euros per three years to incentivize farmers to kill 65,000 cattle annually. Now... (laughs) What that would do to the carcasses isn't mentioned. But certainly they won't be processing them to feed the homeless or anything like that. They're just going to kill all 200,000 cows. <laughs> Freaking bug eaters. Yeah. Golly. Well, they control the Davos people who control everything else. Can you imagine that? Incentivizing a farmer to kill his entire herd of cattle, probably pennies on the dollar too, by the way, mm-hmm. when they mention that. What are you going to do? It's a great question. I mean, seriously, what are you going to do? My story today? Yeah. Jonathan Isaac. I I can't remember who that is. Do you remember the one player in 2020 NBA that would not take a knee for BLM? Mm -hmm. The black player? Yes. Orlando Magic? Yes. Jonathan Isaac. That was him. Okay. Yes. And then later on, he wouldn't get the vaccine. Oh, wouldn't get the vaccine. Wow. Bad guy. Why does he want to kill people, Jamie? <laughs> well, I think, you know what? I have a clip of him at the time. He was explaining it um, as far as why he did not want to get the vaccine. I think there was. You decided. Yeah, not. he decided. It well. Oh, what's up, Will? Thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, a lot, a lot went into my decision for not, you know, deciding to get the vaccine for starters. I've had COVID in the past. You know, I've come to understand that our reactions in terms of immunity by natural infection is uh, robust and long lasting. OK, I want to stop right there. Remember when he got shredded for that? Yep. He was right. Of course he was. <laughs> Jonathan Isaac has announced an anti-woke sports apparel brand. Wow. 
that he's starting called Unitus, U-N-I-T-U-S. <laughs> um, this was his quote. You have companies that are, you know, in the field, per se, that can have all of their different causes. And they have made a conscious decision to either attack or undermine Christian values, conservative values, and things like that. And I think they have the free choice to do so. As much as I disagree, but I feel we also have the freedom to create what we want to create. So his latest venture would sign athletes from various sports and establish an infrastructure that allows American families to purchase sports apparel from a company aligned with their values. And I appreciate that because it's easy to sit back, gripe, and moan about whatever, but to say, no, I think we'll start our own brand. You don't feel good about buying Nike mm -hmm. with all their causes or Adidas that just put their tuck packages in the female swimsuits. We'll create our own. I'm like, good for you. So I'll be looking forward to that. Unitas is what it's called from Jonathan Isaac. Well, I hope he can survive. What do you mean? Well, the onslaught of Adidas and marketing for Nike. Holy smokes. I think he's got a market that can't wait to go buy it. I hope he's right. Okay. The latest in the Republican race, Nikki Haley criticizing Ron DeSantis. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So Ron DeSantis not corporate enough? Is that what I'm to understand? Yeah, this is a weird line of attack. Uh, former U.N. Ambassador, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley is running for president. Not really sure why, but uh, during... You, you mean running for vice president? That's for yeah, probably yeah. something yeah. like that. Okay. Uh, during a town hall on CNN, uh, she launched an odd attack on Ron DeSantis because apparently it's bad for him to be going after Disney. <laughs> I've heard this before. Okay. So here you have DeSantis, who accepted 50,000 in political contributions from Disney. He went and put their executives and their lobbyists on prominent boards throughout Florida. And he went and basically gave the highest corporate subsidies in Florida history to Disney. But because they went and criticized him, now he's going to spend taxpayer dollars on a lawsuit. It's just like all this vendetta stuff. We've been down that road again. We can't go down that. Um, I guess that's one way of putting it. Others I mean, would say uh, they got crazy and started making demands. And... DeSantis is trying to protect kids so they're not sexualized in school. Well, it's, yeah, it's very odd to me, too, that you would bring up the fact that they donated, like, whatever it was, $50,000. $50, so yeah. he can't be bought. That's your message? Yeah, exactly. Like, so it and doesn't that's matter that he did all this and there was a nice relationship until they went crazy woke and then he said no more. Yeah. That's, that's terrible of him. He should treat those corporations better. Isn't he actually a politician that's reflecting the will of the people who elected him? Yeah, but I know that's a novel concept, but but I mean, I have the feeling Nikki Haley is part of the old Republican school and the old Republican school would say, hey, we got to do everything we can for the companies. Bend over and take it. Yeah, worked out real well for him. Yep. Proven conservative record. No, it's about the people. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, a few different things going on. Uh, talking about COVID, real quick, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but before I get into the story about the teachers' union and about the CDC, I happened to see a tweet from Dr. Robert Malone. Remember, he was much blind. Oh, yeah. He's crazy. Yeah. And it turns out he was right, of course. Um. He tweeted out the other day, those who predicted some sort of truth and reconciliation process after the COVID crisis response debacles, followed by a return to, quote, normal, have been revealed as naive optimists. Mm -hmm. As for those of us who have been shouting from the back bench that the anointed academics, bureaucrats, pharmaceutical executives, political and financial overlords have all been lying to us again and again and again. We are not to be allowed even any solace by being allowed to say, I told you so. That's how deep the systemic corruption goes. Mm-hmm. Layers upon layers of interlocking liars and their lies. Wow. And he's right. No, of course he's right. To which then I see this story that uh, newly obtained text messages show the heads of both major teachers' unions personally texting then-CDC Director Rochelle Walensky as the agency was putting together a specific analysis of reopening schools during COVID. Okay? God. And remember, the CDC made a key change that allowed schools to stay closed and appease the unions. Mm-hmm. Well, at first, remember, she said, uh, we could reopen without yeah. vaccinating teachers. I mean, I could play you the clip. I mean, I'm sure you remember it. On February 11, 2021... Randy Weingarten texted Walensky saying that she heard a leak from the failing New York Times about what was in the CDC's upcoming guidance and expressed concern that it was at odds with their discussion. Hey, you and I talked. Yeah. This isn't what we talked about, Randy Weingarten is saying to Rochelle Walensky. They are running with a full speed ahead angle for reopening schools, Weingarten wrote. She said the Times sent her a copy of the internal draft guidance and said... At any level of community transmission, all schools can provide in-person instruction. Walensky wrote back to Weingarten saying, hmm, and then A-R-G-H, arg. (laughs) That's pirate lingo. I know it is. The next day, the CDC released guidance that was different. (laughs) Hell you say. It said all schools have options to provide in-person instruction. That allowed school districts to stay closed while still saying they were following CDC guidelines. Mm -hmm. Quote, middle and high schools in virtual only instruction unless they can strictly implement all mitigation strategies and have few cases. Weingarten's union then put out a statement praising the guidance and texted the document directly to Walensky with the message, thank you. Uh Uh-huh. Rochelle Walensky responded glowingly saying, This gave me the biggest smile of my week. Thank you, friend. Mm -hmm. All caps on you. Thank you, friend. 
Weingarten then gently chided the CDC director for not going further to push stricter guidelines that would keep schools closed, saying, well, we'll fuss a little on ventilation, but I am so grateful. Ventilate. Enough with the ventilation. My goodness. <laughs> Dude, hey, listen, what happened to all that money for ventilation yeah, systems in these schools? Where's it at? I, I keep looking. I, I, I keep I looking at local news stories trying to find something about, hey, by the way, this elementary school got a brand new HVAC <laughs> system. Yes. Thanks to uh, lobbying from teachers unions. That's exactly what they needed. They oh, needed improved ventilation. That money's gone. But how many schools actually have it? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, and if they don't... If we it, had a real news media... Where'd the freaking money go? Well, there were contracts with the teachers' unions. Golly! I remember that whole ventilation debacle. And people got paid more. Here's $673 yep. billion dollars mm-hmm. for ventilation for every grade school and high school in the country to upgrade your HVAC system. Yes, and of course, the experts at the time knew the entire time that yeah, unless exactly. there was, you know, something really wrong with the kid, no, re- little risk of COVID. It's mm-hmm. just such garbage. These people are criminals. Yes, they are criminals. That I, I don't disagree with you at all. Golly! All right, switching on to other things. Um, you have a clip of Ron DeSantis, David? Yeah, I thought this was kind of interesting. Last week, Donald Trump made a surprising statement that he's over the term woke. Uh, Because no one can define it. No one knows what it means. I mean, I think Donald Trump himself defined it pretty well when he said everything woke goes to bleep. I think that's a pretty good assessment of what woke is. But his uh, top rival so far in the Republican presidential primary, Ron DeSantis, was asked to define it. And, well, here's how he put it. Okay. Look, we know what woke is. It's a form of cultural Marxism. It's about putting merit and achievement behind identity politics. And it's basically a war on the truth. And as that has infected institutions, it has corrupted a lot of institutions. So you've got to be willing to fight the woke. We've done it in Florida. And we proudly uh, consider ourselves the state where woke goes to die. That's really well said. Yeah. Cultural Marxism. Yes, it's upside down. It's an assault on truth. Yeah. Pretty well done. What do you think the polling is going to be like later this week? you think DeSantis is going to make any gains on Trump? Um, Trump's got a big lead right now. Yeah, it depends because there are murmurings that another indictment against Donald Trump may be coming down this week. Um, And this one has to do with the classified documents. And, I mean, again, the way that uh, the Biden administration is playing this they know that any indictment will will bump up donald trump in a republican primary because a lot of us say you know what you're right the the deep state is going after this guy they are and they are that's objectively true obviously they are um so i think that if another indictment comes down uh in the case of donald trump himself uh his polling will go up and i think that hurts ron DeSantis in the horse race they go a step farther do you think that's what the left wants? Yes. Yeah, I do. Absolutely, absolutely, they do. Yeah, I believe that too. They want Trump to be the nominee. They yes, definitely do. Yes. Careful what you wish for. Why do you say that? Well, I'm just saying. I mean, well, they wanted him to be the nominee in 2016 too. Yeah, exactly. That did backfire. <laughs> yeah, it's talking to friends over the weekend. It's like, hey, if Trump were president, that would be great. I have no problem with that. It's a matter of not, do you think he can win? That's the question you have to ask yourself, mm-hmm. yes. I agree with you. 
And are there enough people that didn't vote for him last time that maybe voted for him in 2016 that would vote for him again? Maybe. If it gets... <laughs> As it has continued to get crazier and crazier just day by day throughout the United States and the assault on reality, maybe. But there are plenty of people that have made up their mind they would never vote for Trump. Right. That's. I think that's the fear. But we shall see. Okay. Um, so big story over the weekend, at least for the Talking Head shows, Biden falling down. <laughs> yeah. Saw that the other day. But apparently no big deal there. Yeah. Uh, he took another fall last week at the Air Force Academy graduation, and uh, media was out in full force over the last few days saying, it's no big deal. I thought this was hilarious. It's a montage of pundits saying that it's not a problem that our president can't stay upright. Because this is not a one-off. This isn't the first time he's fallen. It's not even the first time in the last 30 days that he's fallen. But I uh, got a little bit of help here from Tom Elliott at Grabian uh, Media. Okay. All right. Roll it. Does anything about this warrant the questions that, of course, we're seeing predictably in some quarters about his fitness for office? No, not, a, not at all. Presidents do fall. They do. They trip and fall. You know, if the advanced team or whoever's fault that they put a sandbag in front of them, I, I trip in my own house. I fell uh, recently. Well, it was actually about three years ago now, come to think of it. I trip all. I also. <laughs> I tri- I, it's painful to watch people trip. On oh, stage it's the worst. And in public. Are you kidding? It is the worst. Bruce Springsteen took a fall on stage. That is excellent context. <laughs> no, I it's told not. You the other day, he's running upstairs. Yeah. There's a difference. You know, stiff gate there. What the sandbag? Whoop! Because I can't look down because I am like a robot. That's the way I move. <laughs> That's a completely different thing. And again, man, it's not like oh man, everything else is cool. He fell once. The guy can't remember who's alive and who's dead. No, he doesn't know where he is. They indicted the sandbag today. <laughs> <laughs> Hearing starts soon. <laughs> My gosh, dude. I like uh, who calls someone Dr. Pepper. Thank you, uh, Dr. Pepper. What? <laughs> Dr. Pepper? Huh? Dr. Pepper, and thank you, Chancellor. Or Dr. Paper. Paper, Pepper. Paper, Pepper. Whatever, Peter Pie, Pickle, Well, Poop. I missed it. Is Mountain Dew there? <laughs> Fun fact, Dr. Pepper was the first person to summit Mountain Dew. Yeah. <laughs> when he was Pim. working class in Scranton, he went yeah. with Dr. Thunder because yeah. it was cheaper. When he got to the top of the mountain, he proclaimed, Yoo-hoo. Yes. <laughs> Unreal. Okay. Oh, uh, sports news from the world of soccer over the weekend. Oh, dude, did you see this? The U.S. women's soccer team, the reigning World Cup champions, did a friendly match against a uh, Welsh club. Uh, Wrexham is what they're called, I think. Um, uh, what's the name? Ryan Reynolds bought the team. Recently, oh, yeah. So yeah, that, that was the, yeah. the tie-in. Uh, so you got these older players, older male players, playing against uh, these women. Uh, and well, they lost twelve to nothing. The women twelve did. to twelve, 12 in to soccer? nothing. Wow! It was a forty-minute-long match, modified time schedule. Um, Rexham well, managed to well sco- forty minutes. Yeah, forty minutes. So considerably shorter. Yeah, less than, than a regular half. match. Yeah. So if they had kept going, we were on pace for a twenty-five nothing. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yes. Yeah they oh. they scored seven goals in the first twenty minutes. 
And then they the, Oh my god. The shot count the shot count was thirty nine to five. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes! And look at this. Heather, Heather O'Reilly uh, did an interview with NBC Sports uh, talking about this is one of the members of the women's team. Yeah. And said, hey, look, it doesn't matter. What's the worst that can happen? We're super proud. Like, we're, we're so happy to be here at this event. Hopefully we've proven to anybody, like, just go for it. Just live, right? And, like, what's the worst thing that can happen? We lose 16-0 to Wrexham. We don't care because we're living, we're being bold, we're being brave, uh, and we're having a lot of fun. Honestly, <laughs> we're being bold by getting shellacked. You're embarrassing yourself. You gotta do a rematch. Wrexham has to put one leg in a sack. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I don't have the story in front of me. It was years ago now that it was like, wasn't it 15 or 16 year old? Yeah, it was like a, it was like a prep school thing or a, like high school aged. Uh, yeah, men soccer or male soccer players that defeated them. I mean, destroyed them. The U.S. women's national team. Yeah. Yes, and again, if you're just looking at the story, yes. Well, there are certain advantages males have over females. We all know this, mm -hmm. but now because of all the woke insanity, you can really see this for what it is. I mean, that's <laughs> dude. The Price is Right loser sound effect does not do that <laughs> well, justice. Well, That's not even close. I don't know. In fairness, she predicted a 16-0 blowout. Uh, so four points shy of the prediction at 12-0. Well, did they? Is that a mercy rule or anything, or that was just the scheduled time? I think that was just the scheduled time. Holy smokes, man! Okay, thank you for that update. Uh, okay, we got to get to a news report. And how many postal workers were attacked by dogs last year? Closest two wins. Next. Oh, yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. By the way, did you see what happened with China again? Oh, another close call, another harassment campaign, yeah. Yes. Uh... Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense, is now saying the U.S. won't stand for China's bullying. Yeah, right. Uh, it looks like you are, actually. Yeah. It just happened last week. It happened again. This time at sea. And, you know, I see this story from Daily Wire, and I couldn't help but think of it when I was seeing the coverage of this this morning, that CIA Director William Burns had made a covert trip to China in May in this effort to open up communications with Chinese intelligence leaders. This is all after the whole spy balloon that just floated across yeah. the United States. So a source told the Financial Times that the CIA director's trip was for the purpose of meeting with intelligence officials um, and that he did not have any diplomatic engagements while there. Okay. It goes on to say, President Biden has been seeking a thaw in the relationship between U.S. and China since that spy balloon was shot down in February. Last month, Chinese top diplomat Wang Yi met with White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan in Vienna for several hours. Oh, great. We got Jake Sullivan oh, on the... That's good. Yeah. yeah. He's going to strike fear yeah. into the heart of, I don't know, nobody. Sternly worded letter is his specialty. Yeah, I'm guessing old Wang Yi was not too intimidated by Jake Sullivan. Just a guess. I think... Any relative of Wang would not be no. intimidated by Jake Sullivan. Wang was not trembling. Mm -mm. Um, and then it says uh, tensions remain as China snubbed the Biden administration last weekend 
rejecting a request, a request from the Pentagon for a meeting between the top military officials of Washington and Beijing. Now, prior to Burns' trip, the top senior official to visit China from the Biden administration occurred in July 21. That was Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman. Remember, Blinken, he was going to visit China in February, but then it was called off because of the spy balloon. Wow. China just keeps poking the bear. Mm-hmm. Just, and we just take it because they know we will. Well, they're in the what are you going to do about it phase. Say what you want about Trump. This would not be flying. I can't see it. Well, no. By the way, the CIA director is also under fire after those newly disclosed records show that Jeffrey Epstein scheduled meetings with him in the years after he was a child sex offender. A lot of meetings. People are like, what was that all about? Well, yeah, I mean, what, what well, purpose would you have meeting with this guy? State. I mean, remember, it's not, up crap. it's not rocket science. They're bad people, and they want to diddle your kids. Oh, boy. It does come back to that, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on. Oh, answer the question. How many postal workers were attacked by dogs last year? Guess, anybody? Closest two wins. Uh, 400. I'll say 1,020. 5,300. Wow. wow. Which is actually down from 2021. California and Texas, top two states again. Um, Houston, city with the most. Your hometown, David. Yeah. You know how to train dogs. Help them out there. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day, David? Uh, biggest story of the day, a lot of things popping as usual. I, I think, uh, to me, it's the breaking news that Representative James Comer has come out with, basically saying he's not getting what he wants out of the... Uh, bribery investigation from the FBI, so they're going to proceed with contempt of Congress uh, proceedings. Which will mean what in the end? Nothing, but Mm. it'll feel good while it's happening. Okay. We're going to probably have some more whistleblowers, too, I'm guessing. I don't mean that as a joke. I really do believe that. I think there are good people that want the truth to get out there. Yeah. You know, and it used to be whistleblowers would be protected. Now, not quite so sure. And, oh man, remember James Comey saying yeah. no one else can be president but Joe Biden? Are you joking? Okay. Coming up. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. No one else can be president but Joe Biden, says who? James Comey. <laughs> Not James Comer, James Comey, formerly Comey. of the FBI. Yeah, James Comer, yeah. actually a representative who's wanting a whistleblower document that alleges a bribery scheme from then-Vice President Joe Biden. Uh, apparently, he has not gotten the unclassified documents from the FBI, so they are going to move forward with contempt of Congress charges Good. against FBI Director Christopher Wray. In the end, what's going to happen? Nothing. But, hey, we'll see. Didn't Ray indicate at some point in all of this that he was going to cooperate and then just didn't do it? Yeah. So I think the the quibble right now is over redactions that are in the documents that have been handed over. Okay. And so he's saying, and I think James Comer probably has actually seen the actual document or knows exactly what's in it mm-hmm. and was, you know, <laughs> with what do they always tell lawyers, right? You know, you never ask a question you don't know the answer to. And I think he knows what the answer is exactly, and now he's going to try to hold feet to the fire to get um, the fully uh, or the full declassification of whatever whistleblower document is in existence. 
So I would guess this redaction leaves it to the point where there's like eight words in the entire thing. Could be. Yeah. Yeah. So so we'll see. But anyway, former FBI director James Comey, the guy who oversaw an effort to use the FBI to overturn the election of Donald Trump. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. talking about law and order now and says Joe Biden's the only guy who can be president because of that. He was asked who he's voting for in 2024. This was during an interview with former White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. He's got a show on MSNBC now. <laughs> ah, okay, roll it. It has to be Joe Biden. Why? And Why? And I'm glad he's willing to serve. It has to be somebody committed to the rule of law, committed to... <laughs> this Stop. guy. Stop. You're a joke, dude. Damn. The last grasp no at any sort of interview at all for any reason. Wow. Committed to the values of this country. And I, I'm not talking about policy. People can disagree about policy. There are things above those disagreements that all of us should think about the same way. The president must be someone who abides the law and our Constitution. And there's no one else but Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. No one else but Joe Biden. No one else. But Joe Biden, who is... Well, his son is currently under federal investigation because yep. of, well, potential bribery. That mm -hmm. he was involved in. That he was involved in. That Joe yeah. was involved in. Yeah. Yes. You know what that really is? And I, and I mean this in all sincerity. Whether it's Trump or DeSantis who winds up running, and if either one of those guys wins, I truly mm -hmm. believe that the house of cards that has been built by people like James Comey and the people who were acting... Uh, so irresponsibly under the Trump administration, it's all coming down. My whole gut when he was talking was, I desperately need Joe Biden to protect me and yeah. so many others. Oh, yeah. In the FBI, yes. CIA. Yeah. Yeah. The art artillery motive is there. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> the way he says it has to be Biden, because there's rumblings that Joe Manchin may run. And certainly there's Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, but no, can't can't do anything like that. It has to be Biden because he can be controlled. Well, Joe Manchin is going to run third party, the plaid ticket. Oh. So boring. Do you think he's going to do it? Manchin? Yeah. Oh, probably. He's got to stay relevant somehow. He's going to lose his seat. That could probably. be. Probably. That could be. Uh, wanted to share an interview, not an interview, an opinion piece, actually, from the Wall Street Journal. And this is about electric vehicles. Okay, we've had these different conversations for a while trying to understand what is really truth when you're talking about carbon emissions, all of this stuff. And, you know, some highly respected people that have been in these fields for a long time have said electric vehicles is not the answer when it comes to, quote, green energy. I mean, hydrogen's a better alternative, to be honest with you, especially because of all the minerals you need for the batteries for the electric vehicles, right? And... Not long after that, Toyota come out and said, we're looking into hydrogen. We don't know that the future is going to be electric vehicles. Now there is a massive backlash toward the head of Toyota. And it was laid out in this piece from the Wall Street Journal talking about how Toyota discloses its CO2 emissions and has pledged to make all its vehicles carbon neutral by 2050. It's saying oh, That should please people, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The climate people, whatever. But progressive investors are seeking to oust the chairman, Akio Toyota, which is spelled with a D, D-A, Toyota, um, and are pushing a resolution a week from this Wednesday at their shareholder meeting to make Toyota disclose its climate-related lobbying. So this it gets deep in the weeds 
but basically you drill it down they are unhappy with this guy saying what he has said about electric vehicles and for a while it sounded like hybrids would be a good way to go for a while until people wanted to go all electric mm-hmm. yeah that sort of thing and so as toyota has talked about the hybrids you had the progressives especially the investors freak out no 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 hybrids we can't have that and well the chairman emphasized that battery powered evs are not the only way to achieve the world's carbon neutrality goals you know saying our hybrids and the plug-in hybrids are alternatives to battery-powered EVs. So in a memo to auto dealers in April, Toyota explained the challenges to go full EV or electrification. They said most public chargers can take anywhere from 8 to 30 hours to charge. You know, I did not know that until I read this article. I didn't. They could take up to 30 hours. 30 hours to charge. Yes. Wow. So to meet the federal zero emissions vehicle sales targets, 1.2 million public charges are needed by 2030. That amounts to approximately 400 new chargers per day. And of course, the United States is not meeting that goal. We've said, I don't know how many times, we don't have the infrastructure. Toyota also noted that more than 300 new lithium, cobalt, nickel, and graphite mines are needed to meet the expected battery demand by 2035. And that could take decades to develop. It's a quote of saying the amount of raw materials in one long-range battery electric vehicle could instead be used to make six plug-in hybrid electric vehicles or 90 hybrid electric vehicles. Yeah. So, so if you are really a person that is concerned about climate, you would say, well, that sounds like a better way to go than the hybrid, right? Right. Yeah. Of course, because it also says the overall carbon reduction of those 90 hybrids over their lifetimes is 37 times as much as a single battery electric vehicle. These inconvenient truths undermine the climate, religion, um, and government mandates. I mean, in the end, I don't know what your takeaway is. Mine is, okay, so it's all the people that have the money invested are pissed. Right. Because it's not really about the climate. No, it's not about the environment. It's not even about fuel efficiency, because if it was, they would be begging Toyota to go preach their gospel to every other car manufacturer on the planet. Yes. I mean, look, I, you know, for all the people who want to rage against Toyota for not going all in on this electric vehicle fad, I, I'm just like, dude, they got to be the number one car brand in the world for a reason. And it's because mm-hmm. they build machines that don't die and they know what they're doing. I mean, that's it. Well, I, and the green weenie crowd, as Scott would call them, used to love them. Yeah. The Prius. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> but now bad. It doesn't make much sense. But in the end of the op-ed, it just says, Mr. Toyota deserves support for speaking the truth about electric vehicles. And it's a shame he's the only auto leader with the courage to do it. Yeah. Totally agree. I like the fact there's a Mr. Toyota. Yeah. There should be like a Mr. Ford or Mr. Chevy or whatever. There used to be a Mr. Ford. There used to be, but mm-hmm. not any. Yeah. But you feel good about that. I do. I Well, he's right. I mean, we've often said this. I mean, what if you buy one and mm-hmm. you get on the tech, or the uh, Kansas Turnpike for three hours? And, and, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? Well, it says in the piece, too, um, and it's worth a read. 
is that that is the nice thing about the hybrids. If you were thinking about going that yeah. way, I'm really not even thinking about going that way. But if you were, yeah, as you've talked about many times, you're going to what go across three states. Is right. it going to last? I don't know. Well, if it's a hybrid, yeah, then the gas engine right. kicks in. Exactly. Boom, you're, yeah. You're okay. Which totally makes sense to me if yes. you're so inclined. Yes. Agree. All right. Another story out there. Tread lightly. Um, guys are starting to wear maxi pads. On their foreheads? Well, yeah, no. because they're calling themselves women now, right? No, see, that's what I thought when I first saw the piece. I'm like, oh, my gosh. We're going pretend that far because you've seen the crazy Talkie online thing? videos, the social media yeah. about, you know, guys yeah. that identify as women and they feel these ghost cramps or whatever. Yeah. Oh, it hurts so bad. <laughs> You're not having a period, dude. No, it's your wound healing. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Jeez. No, it has nothing to do with that, actually. Um, it, it just has to do with the swamp action in the summertime for some dudes down there. You know what I'm saying? Get sweaty. I am familiar Whatever. with the so-called <laughs> swamp action. Yes. This yeah. is what this is what they're using. Yes. Uh huh. You can't mm-hmm. keep it dry, and so. Oh, daddy. Yeah, the maxi pad seems to do the trick, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's different names for it that I don't need to get into. Well, I want to hear the name. I've heard man ponds before. <laughs> well, what you're dealing with, the swamp, I, we've all heard that term, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the gooch grease. <laughs> oh my Let's just we'll God. stop there. Apparently, people on Twitter didn't understand why Gooch Grease was trending this weekend. <laughs> Looked it up, and then they're like, oh, I, I didn't even know. Golly. didn't need to know that, really. Sorry, but your Toyota hybrid is running low on Gooch Grease right now. <laughs> I think you get it at Target. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to go over the stats from Chicago this weekend. That and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, David, what's the update from Chicago? Oh, man. So we talked about it last week, how Memorial Day weekend, uh, well, it, it was just a horrible uh, scene of carnage that happened in the city of Chicago. Uh, despite the state's uh, investment in yellow vest peacekeepers, uh, the anti-violence program that didn't really mm-hmm. work, and in fact, one of the peacekeepers brutally assaulted somebody and stole their phone. Uh now well, it's like much well, of a peacekeeper to me. Yeah. He's, he, he was pushed, okay? It was phone equity is what it was. Yes. That's right. Well, uh, man, I mean, so the stats so far right now, 10 murdered, 52 shot as of yesterday evening in oh, the city goodness. of Chicago. And the, and the idiot communist new mayor there, Brandon Johnson, what did he say after a bloody and horrific Memorial Day weekend? Came out and said, well, it's about disinvestment in communities and God. blah, 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 all this stuff. No, you need, to start, you need to start telling the Chicago Police Department to crack skulls. Always about and, and not having enough people are arrested, keep them in jail. Yes. It's crazy, man. Uh, I just saw up on the news monitor in Baltimore that gangs are targeting schools to shoot people. And the amount of kids that just don't show up to school is like 58%. Yeah, 58%. And you know what we hear from our government? Hmm. Oh, 
number one thing we're worried about is white supremacy. Right. Yeah, that's that's actually not what's been killing most people in this country. Uh, no, not at all. But again, you'll hear all of this stuff about guns. Got to get rid of guns. Guns. But as far as people in possession of guns illegally, they won't crack down. Why? Because it doesn't fit a narrative. It's so frustrating to watch it. You feel awful for people in these situations and the people that are stuck in these neighborhoods. Anytime they do go out and interview, and I always, we talk about all the time, it's some old lady that just wants peace and harmony in her neighborhood. She's not going to get it. And it's the people that are in charge of that city that are to blame. They won't take the steps necessary to make someone like that safe. Or her kids, grandkids, whatever. It's it's just terrible. On a lighter note, saw this. Some fans of the show Yellowstone don't know what's going to happen. Word yeah, is Kevin little, Costner and Taylor Sheridan have yeah. fought, and Kevin Costner's going to be done on that show. I did not realize that he has a four-part Western franchise called Horizon. And I'll give this to Kevin Costner. When he gets behind something and invested, he'll put his own money into it. He mortgaged his house to make this pet project. He's reportedly raised half of the $100 million budget himself. So $50 million of his own money. And now people are saying, you know, you also heard that he was getting divorced. I'm just going to say, yeah. And it kind of came out of nowhere. He was surprised. You know, this is all from, you know, the New York Post. And sometimes there's, you know, the different people type magazine stuff where it's a source is saying. Um, but it was that his wife left him because she was tired of his obsessive commitment to his work. And then you put another $50 million into something that's your own money. Before the divorce is final? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a four-part Western franchise. I mean, I, it could be really good, but is it worth that? Got to well, hide your doing money that. somewhere, right? Exactly. Yeah. He's like, I had three hundred million. I only have two hundred fifty million now. <laughs> hey, <laughs> pour out. Um, well, and when the story came out about you know raising the money and putting you know mortgaging his home, he said, "I did it without a thought. It has thrown my accountant into an effing conniption fit. But it's my life, and I believe in the idea and in the story." Okay. So there you go. Wow. Um, you know. I did see a nice story of a dad that did something kind of cool. This dad in Tennessee has made the rounds. He's got dreadlocks. He's let his hair grow out for nine years. I mean, maybe dreadlocks isn't your thing, Scott. No, no I couldn't let my hair grow out nine. My nine if, years look exactly just the way it does now. But if you could have a certain look with your hair, you'd do it. I wouldn't do dreads, no. You'd do something else. Oh, yeah. Sure. Perm. Okay. Yeah, you permed it before. I did. Didn't your mom perm your hair? She did. Yeah. I didn't know it was mom. Oh, yeah. Were you satisfied with it? Sure. Good. Yeah. Well, this dude, his 11-year-old daughter, found out she's fighting cancer. Mm. So to join her, he shaved it all off. Oh. Wow. Nine years he put in. That's pretty cool, though. Yeah, that's a nice thing. Now, would you have cut the perm? If your daughter had cancer? Well, of course I would have. Okay, just checking, because you've said on the show before, hey, man, I loved my hair when I had it. I, I may not have given up the puka shell necklace, but hair? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have any old perm pictures? We need those. Yeah, we need we them don't. now. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. 
Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Van Camp's got a piece of audio we'll get to in the next 10 minutes. I can't wait for Yeah, really. That is Senator Tim Scott telling Sonny Hostin something on The View? Uh, yeah, basically saying that um, she really degrades the African-American community in this country by she suggesting does. that they're hopeless. Yep. Oh, I can't wait to get she to that. She does it every day. Yeah. Before we get there, um, you have another piece of audio. Yeah. This was from Friday. Yeah, on Friday, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre wore an orange top to support what the left calls common sense gun control. Is that what that meant? Yeah. That, Are you I, serious? Yeah, I forget what activist group actually put put that out there that they were going to be doing that. But yeah, apparently it was a wear orange day. To Oh, I didn't know that. That was Friday? Yeah. I wore my Orioles hat. And your pride shirt. Yes. <laughs> Gosh dang it. I think you did wear your Astros hat, which would have been suffice. It was the old orange yeah, one. Yeah, I got the orange one, but... Yeah. It'd be fine. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but then she was asked a pointed question, of course, uh, presumably referencing Hunter Biden's problems with uh, drugs and, well, illegally oh. acquiring access to a firearm. This is from Jackie Heinrich from Fox News. Okay. Should someone who's a drug user be able to possess a firearm? I'm not going to get into uh, tit for tat uh, on this. I'm I'm just not going to. Go ahead. You're not. I thought you were all about common sense gun control. I know you were wearing the the orange top, right? These people really give away the game, right? Because as soon as it's something yeah. that could be potentially politically damaging to them, yep. Meaning that while Hunter Biden was in and out of rehab, he lied on a background check form in order to purchase a firearm. That seems mm-hmm. like if you were really about the cause, it doesn't matter who who the person is, right? It's that, no, you are not allowed to purchase a firearm. And if you are caught lying on that, you could potentially face jail time. Correct. Maybe she's just a crossing guard. <laughs> <laughs> you know. She would suck at that, too, I'm guessing. Oh, yeah, right. She'd get all mixed up. Yeah. It was just a disaster outside of the school. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you bring that up, and I don't know. It, this could get deep in the weeds. I just bring it up. Matt Walsh did the documentary, What is a Woman, with Daily Wire. Yeah. There is a Ph.D. student at Brown University who keeps threatening to murder Matt Walsh. This yes. School doesn't do anything about no. it, right? But that question came up. All right, should that student be allowed to purchase a gun? There's no answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're threatening someone. Yeah, to kill them. Yes. Yeah. You want to see them dead. Right. See, that only works one way. Mm-hmm. Politically. It's interesting that how that happens. Yeah, that's that's a crazy story in and of itself. It is, too. Jeez. Okay, wild story out of Haiti. I don't know if you've heard anything about this. And if you go back a couple of years, remember the president was assassinated at his home? And since oh, then, they're, yeah. they've had a massive gang problem. You know what? And to say that is an understatement. As I get into this story, you'll understand. But this caught my attention, and this was a Daily Wire story, that crime has gone down in Haiti. 
because of a brutal vigilante campaign. Have you guys heard about this? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So the failing New York Times had reported that the brutal vigilante campaign started in late April when a group of people overpowered police in Haiti's capital, Port-au-Prince. They had taken 14 alleged gang members into custody. Okay. The vigilantes broke in, then took the suspects outside after they overpowered police, doused them with gasoline, and burned them to death. Yeah. Look at David's face. Well, that's a deterrent for sure. Yes, it is. And so you're like, well, that, that seems to be a bit much. You go on with the story. You're like, is it? Since the 14 suspects were executed, civilians have reported reportedly killed at least 160 additional gang members in the area. Uh, going John Wick on them? Oh, my God. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. And it says burning gang members alive appears to be one of the vigilantes' preferred methods for dealing with these thugs. The report said that the vigilante campaign has led to a sharp drop in kidnappings and killings attributed to gangs. Oh, I bet. bet it has. I'll bet. I'm waiting for somebody to say they should have been electrocuted instead of gas being thrown on them, though. <laughs> Maybe. People in the areas infested with gangs have reportedly feared leaving their homes for a long time and often face extortion. In less than a 10-day span last summer, nearly 500 people were murdered in the city, leaving many afraid to even go buy food. That's how bad it got. Um, And this one resident said, you know, before the end of April, every day someone passed by and demanded that I give him money because of my little business. When I had no money, they took whatever they wanted from my table, and this happened at any time of day. And so these people were just held hostage day after day after day, and finally, they got it together and said, we've got to do something. This is what happens. Yes. Uh, There's an executive director of a group in Haiti telling the New York Times, the reaction of the population after years of gangs imposing their law can be attributed to self-defense. Gangs are supported by certain authorities, politicians, and business people. At almost all levels of the police force, gangs have links with police officers. The police do not have the means to systemically and simultaneously confront the growing gangs. So that's why people are now taking the law into their own hands. Wow. Yeah. And I couldn't help but think of what's going on in Mexico Mm -hmm. with the cartels running everything. Nothing happens without it getting by the cartels if those stories are true. And it looks like they are. And if you're just, you know, what are the people going to do at some point? Now, I don't think that the gangs in Haiti are anywhere near what the cartels are in Mexico. But man, well, that's why you got to have law and order, man. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, no, the, the Mexican cartels are way more uh, well armed because Obama sent them a bunch of guns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> there's been so many crazy stories over the last few years, but the one where El Chapo's kid. Yeah. It's cartel. And then you've got the Mexican authorities and they had to give up. The authorities had to give up mm-hmm. because they were outgunned by the cartel. It's usually the other way around. You know, I think about this story. And people are like, yeah, that's another yeah. day in Mexico. Right. Holy smokes, man. But you think about the story and the vigilantes that are being formed mm-hmm. in those parts of the world because it's lawless. Mm-hmm. And people got to bring law and order themselves in order to get some kind of control over it. Yeah. You think about, remember Bernie Getz? 
The subways in New York? I was a senior in high school. Yeah. yeah Crime in the subways. Bernie right? just vigilanted himself. Now, I'm not saying that's the thing to do or the right thing to do because it didn't work out too well for Bernie. <laughs> I can't even remember all the but, particulars within yeah, that story, I mean, but he, I remember but the name for he, sure. He went under these subways and crimes were being committed, and he just wasted some people. Yeah, didn't he? I can't remember, man. Did he waste some people that were not doing anything? I, that was they the alleged. Wrong? Yes. I can't remember the whole. Yeah, well, there was all kinds of you know technicalities involved here, but for the yeah. most part, he he got tired of seeing it. That was in his mind. Now he was a little disturbed, granted, but sorry, I don't have much recollection of I'm it. I was saying. listening to a lot of Maiden records and Rat and Motley and stuff like you know, that. I was reading know, about Bernie so. Gates, and you were having more fun than me. You do, you do wonder you know, what the analog of that eventually will be in yes. some cities in the yeah. United States. I mean, I don't oh, yeah. know if you saw the story of the weekend that in uh, some subway stations in New York, they're now constructing barricades uh, along the subway tracks. And what the city said was because people keep falling right. on the tracks. No, no, no. People yeah. are being pushed, pushed onto the tracks. Goodness, yes. By insane people. Yes. That once you find out, well, who are they? Oh, yeah, they've been, you know, in and out of jail forever. And should be in jail right now, but are not. But they entertain people. Okay. Great. Did it great, Michael Jackson. Once. That's what I hear. Okay, David. Uh, the Ireland story. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, in, in Ireland, they're wanting to meet some climate goals, and government officials are scrambling uh, now after their plan to kill off 200,000 dairy cows to control the weather was exposed. I saw the joke over the weekend, man. This is how sick the the climate cult is right now. They're sacrificing animals to the gods of the climate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It was part of a modeling document, according to the government, not a final policy decision. uh, But this is part of a deliberative process. Uh, And so they're saying agriculture is Ireland's single biggest greenhouse gas polluter, accounting for 35.5% of the country's uh, emissions in 2021. And with farming emissions rising, apparently, uh, that is just not going to do for the nation's uh, climate goals. So they're they're talking about culling the herd a little bit. Oh, boy. Which, I, you know, I would think that Ireland, of all places, would want to avoid something that could trigger a famine. I'm, but yeah, I could be wrong. That would make sense. By the way, I happen to watch the uh, Conor McGregor docuseries on Netflix. Oh, I want to watch that, yeah. You know what? For my wife that's not, I mean, she's not a big MMA person, she said it was very enjoyable. Huh. So, yeah, man. I mean, that's the good thing about some of those docuseries when Mm -hmm. it deals with sports. There's enough storytelling that if you're the one really invested in it, you maybe have someone else that might want to watch. If it's done well with storytelling, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've watched a number of different things that I wasn't that interested in until you get sucked in. Right. That's That was a pretty decent one. You also know, as you're watching one of those, this is kind of how the subject wants you to see them. Yeah. Um, because Conor McGregor, if you're not familiar, I mean, he's very brash, especially in his heyday, which say some really controversial oh, yeah. things. But he really sort of pivoted at one point where he was coming off as very classy. Talk about respecting his opponents and things like that. 
and my daughter came in and saw just a part of one of those where and she says he just seems like so classy like he he just doesn't say anything bad about anybody i'm like okay as soon as this episode's <laughs> right. over we're gonna youtube it yeah and then it was like the best trash talking of all time sure. it was a completely different thing so yeah that was that was certainly a lot of fun all right we got a lot of stuff to get to yet um trump's fox news town hall how many viewers does it get because fox has been bleeding badly since tucker carlson left need to get to that and then okay misgendering how big a crime is it straight ahead the markley van camp and robin show jamie markley david van camp scott robin almost forgot we got to get to this audio from the view tim yeah. scott yeah south carolina senator or republican out of uh, again south carolina tim scott running for president uh he was on the view today uh, going into the lion's den, and man, I, it was remarkable to look at him staring at Sonny Hostin, one of the hosts of The View, who is, I mean, rabidly racist yes. uh, on all fronts. I mean, she literally thinks there's no way for black people to succeed in America without being killed by police, and that really all they need is the government to teach them how to live. Uh, and that white people are the worst people on the face of the planet. And Tim Scott addressed her directly. Awesome. One of the reasons why I'm on the show is because of the comments that were made, frankly, on this show, that the only way for a young African-American kid to be successful in this country is to be the exception and not the rule. That is a dangerous, offensive, disgusting message to send to our young people today, that the only way to succeed is by being the exception. I will tell you that if my life is the exception, uh, I can't imagine. But, but I can't. But it is. But it's not actually. Here's here's. It's been here's 114 like, years. Yeah. So so the fact of the matter is, we've had an African American president, African American uh, vice president. We've had two African Americans to be secretaries of the state. Uh, in my home city, uh, the police chief is an African American who's now running for mayor. The head of the highway patrol for South Carolina is African American. Still in exceptions. 19, in 1975. What did she say there? Exceptions. Still exceptions. Yeah. Which that is that is true, but also most white people are not senators. And when you look statistically, what do you what do you actually mean by success of a population? Because a majority of African Americans are at least middle class. But for race hustlers, that is a career ending piece of information. Right. And that's what she is. So she's going to fight it with everything she's got. Um, there is about 15% employment in the African-American community for the first time in the history of the country. It's under 5%. 40% homelessness and 50 of African-Americans. 50% of the folks get, in our community. Get 13% make, of the population. You have to ask the question. I know that I've watched you on the show that you like people to be deferential and respectful. So I'm going to do the that same thing. True. So here's what I'm going to suggest. I'm going to suggest the fact of the matter is that progress in America is palpable. It can be measured in generations. I look back at the fact that my grand grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, when he was on a, on a sidewalk, a white person was coming, he had to step off and not make eye contact. That man believed then, with some doubt now, in the goodness of America. Wow. Think he changed any opinions at all today? That is a really good question. I got to think question. that there's, there's got to be at least a handful of people who realize that maybe all their problems isn't because the United States is a terrible place. Maybe it's because they're just bitter old women. Um, they hear this guy speak. He lays out a case very, very well. 
Mm-hmm. And maybe just maybe there are a handful of these lonely liberal women who put down the sangria and decided to maybe think about things a little different. Yeah. I want to be an optimist today. Yeah, I think that's true. People's attitudes and opinions do change. It does get harder as you get older, but I've seen it many, many times, just given the information. So, I mean, I think that's the thing. you got to get the information out there. Yeah, I don't know. It's just one day, though. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, uh, here's a different story. Do you remember the girl, and her name is Blake. Blake Allen, she's a 15-year-old student athlete, suspended last year because she spoke out to be, about being made uncomfortable by the male student that was allowed in the girls' volleyball locker room. Yes. And her dad was the soccer coach. He spoke out, and then he got fired. Right. Okay, uh, they filed suit against the school. Well, a recent settlement in the case awards one hundred and twenty-five grand to them and their attorneys, which is the legal group Alliance Defending Freedom, also calls for the reinstatement of the dad as the soccer coach and scrubs the pair's records for any reference to the discipline that they faced. Okay, that's a good thing. They had to fight it. They did. The dad said... You know, this is taking a toll on our family, both close and distant. And it showed us who will and who won't support us, even if they don't agree with our values. Uh, her punishment wouldn't have been reversed had we not filed the lawsuit and I wouldn't have coached again. Yep. So you got to fight. Mm-hmm. Got to keep fighting and get the information out there. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, David, biggest story of the day. Biggest story of the day is, uh, to me, James Comer, uh, representative, Republican representative, going out and saying that, the FBI is now claiming that the whistleblower document looking into Joe Biden as vice president with a bribery scheme uh, is actually part of a, an investigation. So they're not going to hand over an unclassified version of that to Congress. So James Comer says, well, that tells me one of two things. One, it tells me that uh, it looks like the FBI actually does have the goods on Joe Biden. And two, uh, we're going to hold a contempt of Congress hearing against the FBI. More on that. Trump's Fox News Town Hall ratings and the Robbins trifecta coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Okay, so China... uh, Taunting the United States, I think that's at the very least. Yeah. It happened by air last week, by sea. What is going on? And, of course, a lot of people are having the conversation amongst themselves. This would not be happening if Donald Trump were president. They see how weak Biden is. They can control him. That's sort of the thought. So John Kirby, and what's his official title? Uh, National Security. He's the guy who actually comes in and answers hard questions when Kareen, I fell down a well as a toddler, John Pierre, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, really isn't up to the task. So the question's coming in, and here's your rando from ABC asking. Is the United States contemplating any kind of response to back China down from its increased aggressiveness? We have continued to convey that message to them. I mean, obviously, we're not in control of, uh, uh, of their military and their military assets or their military leaders. Um, they, uh, we, we urge them to make better decisions about uh, how they operate in international airspace. We urge them to make better decisions. We've heard this before. Yeah. 
And we don't control their military. Yeah, nobody You're said you did. Duh. And sea space, whether they acknowledge those rules of the road or not, they are the rules of the road. And for a nation like uh, China that continuously touts uh, international law and sovereignty and territorial integrity, you would think that they would understand when a, a vessel or an aircraft is operating, in fact, in international airspace and sea space. We're going to keep standing up for those rules of the road. We're going to keep standing up for that international law. And as I said earlier... You're going to keep standing up for it by saying what? We want you to make better decisions? <laughs> That's how you're going to get her done, John? <laughs> really? I mean, I mean, you know how that works. Doesn't sound real effective. I'm talking about rules of the road, man. I mean, if, you're, if you habitually drive on the wrong side of the freeway, a cop is going to stop you before Correct. you hurt somebody or kill somebody. Well, okay, to be fair, last week, all right, I was going down the wrong way. The cop stopped me and nicely said, I'd like to discuss this with you, and I want to, I want to urge you to drive on the right side of the road. Yeah. And now I can't control your vessel, he went on to say. Yeah. Uh, but I would like to strongly suggest it because there's rules here. I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, I forgot about the rule. Okay. And then you peeled out going the wrong way down the interstate again. Yeah. And, and then he sent you a... Sternly worded letter in the mail. Yeah. Do you see how close that ship was to our ship, though? Yes. I mean, you could see the, the Chinese guys with their hands doing yes. the John Cena thing. Yeah. I Kids know. can't see me. Yeah. Well, and, and to tell the rest of the story, honestly, um, so my wife was in the passenger seat while this happened, and she was playing the part of Frog, mm -hmm. and I was the bandit, and she flipped him off while I burned out in my TA. <laughs> <laughs> It was freaking glorious. Anyway, back to you, John Kirby. <laughs> we're going to keep flying. We're going to keep sailing. We're going to keep operating where international law allows us to. It's an important concept, uh, freedom of navigation, whether it's in the air or on the sea. It's an important concept that the United States is going to continue to stand up for. What a lame it's response. So that weak. This, it is. It's like comically weak. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, David, you have the numbers on Trump's Fox News town hall last week with Sean Hannity. <clears throat> yeah, I thought this was kind of interesting. More people tuned into the CNN one than they did to the Fox News town hall. You're joking me. No. Yeah, so I the. Can, I, can, I can understand that. How? Because you, you had no idea what was going to happen to the CNN one. I mean, anything could erupt from that one. Okay. I, I mean, dude, the entertainment value on CNN is far that of Sean Hannity sitting down with him. Because you know it's going to oh, be Oh, yeah, contentious and adversarial. Yes. I understand, but I'm also thinking there were so many people that watch CNN. I know that's very few. Or those, the people that do watch, were like, we don't want this on our network. Well, How they, could you do this? They hate watch, You're, though. Yeah. Okay. They just well, do. Yeah. And I have a different theory on this, and it's not so much the, the content value. But so they want CNN actually had higher numbers by about half a million viewers overall. And I also do wonder how much of that is the Tucker Carlson effect, by which I mean uh, it just wasn't as well advertised. Because if you have people who are not watching in the evenings, they didn't see the promos. You know, it may not be a, a straight up boycott, but they're just kind of not really interested in watching Hannity or Ingram or anybody else who's filling in. Um, they, they just may not be interested right now in tuning into that. So they didn't know it was even happening because I mean. All right. Great point, dude. Honestly, last week, 
I forget what day it came up it was happening. I didn't know it was happening until that time mm -hmm. because as we talked about last week, I'm not a viewer in the evening the way I used to be. So I think there's something to that. There isn't there some numbers, though, with the Trump town halls on Fox because they used to get a lot more viewers. They have steadily declined. Yeah. I, yeah, I think because you kind of know what you're going to get, if it, exactly. especially if it's Hannity. And that speaks to Scott's point. If it's Hannity yep. interviewing him, it's two friends who are talking, and you're not right. necessarily going to get these outbursts or uh, confrontation, which is where Trump is so good. Mm -hmm. Yes. If it's a love fest, it's not very good with Trump. Yeah. Point well taken. Now, if it was the Trump DeSantis co-town hall, yeah, that would get like $10 million. That would get a lot of people doing Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. No no doubt about that. All right, Robin, you ready for your big yeah, three? Yeah, let's go. Okay, roll it out. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Right around this time every day, Scott Robbins trifecta. It's top three stories helped by his hero... I'm Casey Kasem. Hey, buddy. Have a good weekend? Yes. Did you? Yes. Good. I'm ready. All right. Three. Number three, you're, you're telling me that there's some info on the benefits of lockdowns during COVID. Uh, well, lockdown saved as few as 1,700 lives in England and Wales in the spring of 2020. This according to a new study, landmark study, which concludes the benefits of the policy were, quote, a drop in the bucket compared to the staggering collateral costs. Scientists from Johns Hopkins University and Lund University examined 20,000 studies on measures taken to protect you and me against COVID around the world. The findings suggest that lockdowns in response to the pandemic were compared less strict policies adopted by states like, I don't know, like countries like Sweden prevented as few as 1,700 deaths. In average week, there are around 11,000 deaths in England and Wales. The report authors said their findings shared that draconian, draconian measures had a negligible impact on COVID mortality and were a policy failure of gigantic proportions. Yeah, that doesn't mean they wouldn't jump right on it again should it come up. However, mm -hmm. they're saying collateral damage was much more, much worse than anything they could have done in terms of lockdowns. Before we move on, you mind I ask you a quick question? What's that? Can you remember anything good coming out of that time? The lockdowns? Like you know, that is an interesting question because I remember talking about this beforehand. We were talking about what positive impact might this have, right, mm -hmm. moving forward. And the thought then was maybe families being together more frequently or more often, maybe that would strengthen the families. Yeah. Ideally, we were thinking that. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's not what happened. But outside of that, No. By the way, I think it did happen with some families. Really, do you? Because uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I think it depends on the But at the time the when I was saying... I think it probably I, does depend on When the I family. was saying, you know what? You're trying to make the best of a terrible situation. Yeah. And I mean, we, yeah, we played more board games. We did that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. We enjoyed each other's company more. It, yeah. And no, no one wants to go back to it. But there are at least a few decent memories. Yeah. With all that. But like, I remember you were negative net through the entire thing. Yes, you know, I, my, I mean, my wife and I had the time to expand our family. So, yeah, there you go. There were a lot of people in that boat. Yeah, it was just me and my two cats. <laughs> oh, that's right. And you kept cranking Little River Band. I think you were stuck on Lonesome Loser. Is that too... No, no, that's Is that fine. too brutal? That's, fine. that's probably close to the truth, actually. So, 
No, you weren't listening to Air Supply. No, no I mean, like you, or could, Little River you Band. couldn't have a social life. I know. I mean, you know, you you couldn't go out with buddies, couldn't go out with women, you couldn't go out with anything. I mean, it was brutal. But you could have buddies over to the place. You, could, you know, I, I, well, some because everybody was freaked out, man. Everybody was freaked out. To even get together at your place? Well, you know, I live in a complex, so okay. yeah, you know, it was a little more dangerous. I remember going to the store. I remember the gas station. The first time I went to the gas oh, station, yeah. it's like one o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. No one's there. Yeah. <laughs> It's like tumbleweeds are rolling across the pumps, and they're open, but it's like I fully expect to see no one in there. I know, man. That was crazy. Wild. Now, on with the countdown. Oh, thanks, Casey. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day, up to number two. Number two, someone believes that refusing to give your kids genital, genital mutilation surgery should be child abuse. Yeah, the Massachusetts Commission of LGBTQ Ute recommends parents be held liable. For child abuse, if you don't allow your kid to receive transgender medical procedures. The Independent Commission advises others in state government on effective policies, programs, and resources for these youth. The Commission's recommendations for the fiscal year 2024 include extensive coverage for sex change in order to incentivize care, as well as anti-bias and racial equity trainings for possible hospital public staff. Just asking a question then. Yes. If you're looking at 85, 90% of people that have had gender dysphoria. Yes. You know, right at around 12, 13 years old. Mm -hmm. By the time they're 18, it's gone. You're saying that what you have to do. Yes. Okay. If, if you're right. Is, you know, puberty blockers or a sex change operation, whatever. Okay. That, that's not exactly playing the analytics game there. But you're saying it's hateful if you don't go forward with it. Well, they're saying that your kids should be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. No, that's not going to happen. If you don't, uh, you know, give them what they want. Mom, I want to be a little girl. No, son, you're not. Well, I want to be one. And if you don't do it, I'm going to call the authorities. Yeah, that's worth going to war over. Really is. I agree with you. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Say it again. It's worth going to war over. Okay, yes. Now, on with the countdown. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day, up to number one. Uh, you're telling me there's a new anti-theft effort in Chicago. Yeah, several Chicago Walgreens right now are debuting something they call their new anti-theft stores. You can only browse two aisles. The rest of the store is locked away and needs to be ordered from a kiosk, which they'll go get for you once you pay for product. Now, there are a few pushbacks going on here. Really? One of the uh, locals there said this is just racial profiling. <laughs> He's a neighborhood pre peacekeeper, by the way. Mm -hmm. Okay. He says, I don't understand why they had to move everything to the back of the store and lock it up. There's crime everywhere. This no, is you're racial. An idiot. No, this is racial profiling. That's why you're wrong. That's why you're wrong. You, There's why not you crime trust everywhere your like customers? That. Why don't you trust your customers? Because you're stealing things from me. <laughs> That's why. Or you could be like San Fran and just close them all down. Do yeah. that too. I like this though. You go in with a kiosk and you, you, you know, you, you put, tell the kiosk what you want. Yeah. And then you have to pay for it before you receive it. Yes. That makes sense to me. Of course. Because again, people keep stealing stuff. What else are you going to do? I mean, steal ATM cards, I suppose. And use somebody else's to get whatever it is you want. <laughs> and there you have it. The Scott Robbins trifecta, top <laughs> three of the day. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. As always. Okay. There's much more to get to. Oh, we got to get to another news update. And then there's uh, Nimrods in the news. Um, 
How does cocaine end up on a hot dog? Okay. Wow. <laughs> Think about that one. Don't stop with your dirty mind. It's coming up. <laughs> the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Hey, remember when the cousin of uh, Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors died after a confrontation with the police in Los Angeles? Yes. It was back in January. Keenan Anderson was his name. He'd been trying to carjack someone. Then he resisted arrest. They used yes. a taser on him. Hours later, he died. His family sued or tried to sue the city of Los Angeles. There were protests. Patrice Cullors went out there saying the cops murdered him. Uh, saying in part, quote, he spent the last 10 years witnessing a movement challenging the killing of black people. He knew what was at stake, and he was trying to protect himself. No one was willing to protect him. Representative Adam Schiff said, we must not shrink away from the need for justice for Keenan Anderson. Accountability must be transparent and swift. Well, the coroner has finally put out results of the autopsy. I don't know. Okay. They got a hell of a union. They can take five months for that or six wow. months for that. Um, his cause of death was an enlarged heart and cocaine use. Oh. Oh, so it had nothing at all to do with the police. Uh, no. I see. Another lie told. Okay. On a completely different topic. I had not heard this before, but curious if you knew this. You're going to a wedding. Uh, guest, female trying to figure out what to wear where's a red dress to the wedding do you know what that means i don't uh, know it means she slept with the groom really wear red if you slept with the groom yeah hmm. that made its round all that made its way all over social media and people are like that's an old wives tale it's not true and then there's this big debate online if it's true or not it's weird i was wondering why my mom wore red at my sister's wedding it was weird <laughs> people People are saying, no, it's it's you, it's just because it's taking attention away from the bride because yeah. red gets attention. That's why you don't do it. Other people are like, no, I've heard that's true before. Wow. Fox News is a whole story on it. It's just like, really? So that's one of the ones you want to avoid. Or there might be some people thinking, oh, that, she slept with the groom. That sort of thing. Hmm. It's just weird, man, because thinking about like when you got married, Robbins, and all those women, it looked like a St. Louis Cardinal home game. It's like all these women wearing red. It was crazy. You know, I made that up. I wasn't there. I know you weren't there. And, <laughs> and if they surprised it didn't work out. <laughs> when the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. Again, it was a joke. Yeah, wasn't there long before I met you. I didn't know you then. No. Okay, memorize the news. Oh, how does cocaine get on a hot dog? That's the question. Did you ask for it? <laughs> no. This was in New Mexico uh, last week. Female customer goes to a Sonic drive-in, ordered a Coney dog, bit into it. Whoa, what's that? Oh, that's a plastic bag. What's it? That's some kind of powder in there. Turns out that was a baggie of cocaine. Oh, man. Fortunately for her, she did not ingest any of it. She called the cops. They arrest this 54-year-old dude who worked at the Sonic. He inadvertently placed the baggie in her order as he was preparing it. So then they go back and look at the surveillance footage. 
and you could see him getting stressed looking for the baggie everywhere. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. He had bought it earlier in the parking lot. He was arrested at that. Nimrod's in the news.